Are you anxious? Stressed? Mind racing? Do you have trouble sleeping? Are you looking for healthy ways to cope? Join Speedway Jefferson, certified mindfulness practitioner and lawyer, and learn to apply mindfulness meditation to the challenges of everyday life. Harness the power of mindfulness meditation to live and work to your highest and best purpose, starting with just five minutes a day. Well, hi there, and welcome to Mindful in Five, where we learn how to apply mindfulness and meditation to the challenges of everyday life in bite-sized episodes for people with no time, maybe just like you. My name is Fiwa Jefferson, and today I have a very special guest. She is author extraordinaire, Carissa (laughs) Andrews, who will talk to us about how mindfulness and mindset, among other things, play into her very successful career as an author. Carissa, welcome to Mindful in Five. Oh, Speedway, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I am so excited to be here. Well, first, let's jump right in. Um, So uh, brag for us a bit. So how many audiobooks have you recorded? How many printed books have you published so far? And what other businesses are you into besides your writing? Oh, boy, that's a loaded question. (laughs) And thankfully, you warned me of this one because I probably would have been going, let me think, um, counting. It's like you get to a certain point and you forget. <laughs> so right now I have 10 audiobooks fully recorded. I am currently on the 11th book, um, trying to get it pu- published and up to speed. I, I think I'm about halfway done with the recordings of that particular uh, final book at the moment. But I've written and published, uh, I've written 15 books, but I have published 19 because some of them are box sets or anthologies or compilation books. So that, that's where I'm at at the moment. But with other things, um, authorship has led me into also teaching people how to write and publish books and how to kind of manifest that millionaire author destiny that I think so many of us want. And so I have Author Revolution is my online academy where I teach people kind of the strategic part of how to indie publish and how to self-publish their books, how to get faster at it. And then I also have a coaching side of my business called the Millionaire Author Coach, helping people with more of the mindset and getting into the right vibe for becoming that millionaire author. Well, that's amazing. That's a lot of books. So, you know, I am at the point where somebody says, how many books have you written? I'm like, Hey man, everyone starts with one. (laughs) You got to start with the one. Otherwise, how are you going to get to anything else? (laughs) Not even counting. It's like, Oh yes, I know exactly how many I've published. That's Um, a fantastic place. One is still better than zero. (laughs) Well, I tell you, I I feel like, you know, the spirit of mindfulness, you celebrate every milestone, right? So that one for me was like, wow. This is amazing. And so I guess my question, my next question is how long did it take you to get all of these books published? Interestingly enough, so I I wrote the first one in 2010. I started it with NaNoWriMo 2010. Uh, I didn't publish it until 2013. And of course, right in the middle of all that, between 2010 and 2013, I got divorced. I got remarried. I got like all these things going on. And um, so it took me from book one being published to 2017 when I was like, nope, we're done. We're this is full steam ahead now. So everything that I've written and published has been since 2017. I kind of consider it my second start of indie authorship because everything kind of got in the way life got in the way for a little bit. And um, so, yeah, I think 
pretty standardly since 2017, I have published anywhere between three and four books on average, I would say. And that is also what I ended up teaching through Rapid Release Roadmap, my course uh, about learning how to speed up your, your production for publishing your books. And it seems like it's just a really good number that I think most people, even when you have a day job or even have something else going on, you can handle that. Hmm. <laughs> Although you have a much more, I think, challenging career for that, but that, you know, <laughs> I was like, hmm. I was thinking a book a year. Wow. This is like a whole nother level and a whole nother year. <laughs> and a book oh. a year is perfect. Every, every momentum forward, every step forward is still bringing you that, that backlist of books. And so it's all to be celebrated. And sometimes you have to start with one book a year. I mean, that's where literally you're at. <laughs> so it's wonderful. That's really interesting um, and absolutely amazing. So how did you first get into writing? Share with us what got you going in the first place. Oh, gosh. I think I was always really interested in literary arts. So as a kid, I was always writing, you know, the angsty poetry when I was 14 years old. I was always enjoying reading books. So I was very big into Christopher Pike and Fear Street from R.L. Stein. And I, I just love books in general. It was like whenever we had a free moment. I was always trying to convince my grandma and grandpa or my mom to go over to the bookstore. So I was always there. I was always getting books. And so it was for me, I think just the love of reading kind of sparked the love of creation. I wrote my first book when I was 14 and <laughs> my poor English teacher, she actually read the whole thing, <laughs> but it was, it was a fun process. It was just kind of something that was inspired. And then I was like, you know what, I'm more interested in graphic arts. So I ended up doing a lot of artistic work. My mom's a painter. And so she does acrylic art and I ended up loving other parts like digital art. So I, I went into graphic design and I did a bunch of other things, found that I wasn't really interested in like the traditional marketing side of graphic design. And I, I came upon my, my best friend and I'm like, Sherry, oh my God, <laughs> I don't like this anymore. I don't like graphic design. What do I do? And she was like, you know, you've always liked to write. Why, why don't you just write a book? And here's this book that I would love to see. Why don't you try doing it? So I went, I could do that. Yeah, I think I could do that. And yeah. I started writing it. And literally probably the week later, Pendamus, my first actual book, um, I think it was downloaded into my brain. That's how it felt. It was literally like all of a sudden this whole world was there and I had to start writing it down. And I, I have never gone back to Sherry's book. <laughs> Poor Sherry. <laughs> So I, uh, I am, I am reading final five. Let's see. I think, I think. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. This is, so the thing that I think is so interesting about final five is that not only do you write your books, but you actually, is it true? Do I remember correctly that you actually design the covers for your books? They I are do. gorgeous. Thank you. And the, and the um, font too. Yes. In fact, I Welcome to the graphic designer and me coming out into a more practical use. <laughs> yeah, so I I love it. It it helps me to especially if I'm getting stuck in the words and I'm not quite sure what are, where I want to go, if I switch gears into the graphic side of things, whether it's social media posts or covers, it helps me to I, I don't know, unlock some of the more creative sides of me that are different from the literary side. It's super weird, but it's it's interesting. Well, that's amazing. And I, I so I, I, I consumed the book. I finished it now, but it was super interesting. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, so you are the only author I have ever heard described as a genre bending author. 
<laughs> I like to think I coined that way back in the day. <laughs> because I, yeah. Well, I thought it was very clever. And I was like, oh, she's a genre bending author. And 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 I noticed that you don't like pigeonhole yourself into one particular genre. So what does what does it mean to be a genre bending author? And uh, how, how did you manage that? Because one of the things that I've heard at all the writing workshops I've ever gone to is, right, is that you got to pick your genre and you got to go with this one genre. And don't think you can like you're not the first one to like straddle. And and so when I <laughs> when I found you, I was like, oh, look, she actually did what all those other, you know, people who say it can't be done say it can't be done. So how did you do it? Sure. Well, for me, it's like, I, I love the mix of sci-fi and fantasy. I always have. And it's, it's sometimes hard to distinguish in my mind, the difference between the two. And for me, I like treading the lines of both. I'm, I'm a technologically inclined person. My, I think it's because of my family. My dad is uh, a tech guru. He went to, um, I mean, he was working at IBM in Rochester when I was a kid. My mom's been the artistic one. So she's got all the, the artistic and more spiritual side to her. And so I, it's like, to me, it just makes sense to mash those two up because that's my, that's been my world as I grew up. And so for me, when I was getting Pandamas going, it was kind of funny because I'm writing this world, you know, the writing this book on a different planet. It's a completely different world. And in my head, it's fantasy because of the way that I'm describing things, the magical elements that are happening, the the creatures that are there. And when my best friend was reading it, she goes, Chrissy, you know, this is sci-fi, right? I'm like, no, it's not. It's fantasy. She goes, but it's on another planet. You actually talk, what? And I'm like, yeah, I guess you're kind of right there. Oh, okay. And at the time I was loving Avatar, The Last Airbender. And so I loved, I loved this concept of airbending and firebending and um, you know, using the elements in that way. And so I was like, well, then I'm a genre bender. Oh, well, I'm, I'm mix matching these things together. I and, love it. And it was all it, that, that was how it's it like sprung through my head. And now I've, I've seen other people use that term. Um, but it's for me, it just makes sense to, to mix those two together. And it works really well because you can still pick and choose how you're marketing your book. And that's really why those authors are saying, you know, pick your one genre because you, otherwise you're not going to know what audience you're trying to sell your book to. But if you have to, you can technically sell that book to two different audiences. It's just how you're going to then spin that um, marketing aspect of it to that group. You know what I mean? You're just going to tell more about the the sci-fi elements to the sci-fi lovers. And you're going to tell more about the fantasy elements, to the fantasy lovers. And honestly, it works just fine. I'm impressed that you actually did that and and have done it so successfully. So I've also been following your podcast for a while. And you (laughs) talk a lot about the millionaire mindset, right? And um, you've done titles like Thoughts Become Things, Choose Wisely, and The Prolific Author, Does Mindset Really Matter? And uh, so uh, all of which I, as you can imagine, I totally gravitated to. I'm like, yes, yes, let's talk right. about that whole mindset. I can't imagine why that would be spewing. That's weird. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like this thing, this wavelength thing that we were on together. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, so why is mindset so important in your work as you have experienced it? Oh my gosh. It is everything actually. So in my experience, we cannot force ourselves into success. We can't push through the boundaries. We can't try to force something to happen. We can't, um, you know, think ourselves 
from a place of negativity into a place of positivity. Mm. And so when we are feeling like we're stuck in our author career, and I see this all the time with the indie author community, whether it be a poverty mindset, whether it be a, a mindset that you can't write faster or that your grammar's, grammar is terrible, or that there's all these different limiting beliefs or negative thoughts that are kind of surrounding people when it comes to doing this thing that they love so much, but then it means sharing it with the world, right? So it's like, there's this weird tension there. And so for me, what I found was that I was getting to a point probably when I had, oh, about eight books, I'd say, where I felt like I was stuck. I was spinning my wheels. I was just like, why? I feel like I'm doing all the right things. I feel like I know what I'm I'm doing at this point. Why does it feel like nothing's working? And mm. I realized that I was actually in this mindset of waiting. I wasn't manifesting. I was waiting. I was waiting for the big thing to come. I was waiting for the thing to, to save me. I was waiting for the next book launch to be the next big thing, but I wasn't allowing myself to see that all around me, I'm manifesting the exact thing that I'm already trying to get. And it's here, it's materializing. It's just not the end result yet. And when I, when that shifted in my mindset, all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? It's here. It's already here. And as you allow it to be here, more of it comes and more of it flows. And the more exciting you, you get, the more excited you get, the more excited your audience gets, the more engaged everyone becomes. And all of a sudden it's like this, this fun explosion of beauty that's all around you that didn't exist when you were in this realm of waiting or this, it wasn't necessarily negativity. It was literally just, I feel like I'm stuck. I'm waiting. And maybe I, in a sense, I needed to be waiting. Maybe I needed to be in that space of kind of ruminating with who I was or who I was becoming before that could happen. But it, it truly is like the thing that unlocks everything. You know, uh, yeah. Sometimes I say to my God lovers uh, that sometimes God sneaks stuff in on you that you're asking for. Right. So you're over here like, God, I want this. I want this. And meanwhile, it came in the, the side door. Yeah. And you're not paying attention and you're, you're still like, I really want. And then you turn around one day and you're like, Oh, hang on. How long has that been there? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who put that there? Who snuck it in here? <laughs> and it's like, get at it, girl. Go get it. It's 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 yours. It's there. And you're yeah. still busy, like, oh my gosh, I want this thing. So it's 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 funny. And I always say, you know, you attract what you reflect, right? So mm-hmm. that which, you know, you sort of it, it's that manifesting principle that, you know, I, I wish for this to happen. Well, stop wishing. Act like it's happening. Act like it's happened. Act like you have it. Yes. And, 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 it, and it comes, right? Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Mindful in 5. If you enjoyed it, follow and rate it on your favorite podcast platform or on Trustpilot.com. Get your copy of the book Mindful in 5 from Amazon.com or MindfulIn5.com today. Visit MindfulIn5.com to download sample chapters of the book, watch videos, connect with the Mindful in 5 community on social media, and more. Until next time, be mindful and be well.